Welcome to the My Personal Football Coach Youth Soccer Player Development Podcast, episode 54 with Jupp Osterveld. Welcome to MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Soccer Player Development Podcast. Discover all the secrets, hints and tips about soccer player development and soccer coaching from some of the leading figures in world soccer. Here's your host, Saul Isaacson-Hurst. Hey guys, Saul here from My Personal Football Coach and we are back. Uh, it's been far too long, I know, so apologies. Uh, been a really tough year, uh, lots of stuff going on for myself, but uh, glad to see I'm back and uh, going to be bringing some amazing top quality podcasts and content for you in the upcoming weeks and months, starting today with a fantastic one, uh, Joop Ustervelt, uh, who's the foundation phase lead at PSV Eindhoven, uh, one of the best academies in world football, uh, obviously uh, well known for developing top technical quality players and Jupp uh, shares with us his incredible journey which started as a 14 year old and uh, now sees him working at one of the best clubs in, in Europe and he show, shares his uh, his knowledge and, and, and all of his experience and this is a really fantastic one especially for you guys who like myself uh, like ball mastery and 1v1 uh, obviously that's a real massive part of uh, the PSV um, philosophy there so uh, this is a real one you're going to enjoy lots going on with my personal football coach as usual proud to announce the release of the new position specific midfielder course so this is the only position specific um, midfielder course in the world so if you are a midfielder or you're a parent of a midfielder or you're a coach who wants to learn how to coach midfielders uh, this course is ideal it's a real um, technical and tactical um, in-depth look at so it includes tutorials and drills individual practices practices you can do with your uh, with your friend or a partner uh, key skills for that position so it's a real one-stop shop for if you're a midfielder to take your game to the next level ideal for aspiring pros or even beginners who play that position whatever position you are that will really improve you so check it out go to mypersonalfootballcoach.com click on player and then uh, position specific courses uh, also proud to announce um, Middlesbrough Middlesbrough's Academy is now using the My Personal Football Coach app uh, Middlesbrough joins Wolverhampton Wanderers Seattle uh, Seattle in America uh, St Johnston in Scotland Bodas Glimt in, in Norway uh, Lokomotiv Tbilisi in Georgia so just a long list of some of the pro clubs all around the world using the My Personal Football Coach app and hundreds of grassroots youth soccer organisations using the app uh, Middlesbrough obviously one of the best academies in the country proud tradition of producing homegrown players and playing them in the first team so thrilled uh, that they decided to use the my personal football coach app and the club partnership to enhance the uh, the uh, the provision for their academy schoolboys from 9 to 16s uh, if you're interested in the club partnership whether you're a grassroots soccer club or a pro club or you're a federation interested how the my personal football coach club partnership can take your club or federation to the next level just drop me a dm and uh, i can set you up a demo account and show you how uh, we can support your coaches and uh, your players and your parents at your club like I said, though, I'm back and uh, got lots of great podcasts coming up and a few more surprises coming up on the Inside the Academy uh, YouTube channel. So uh, make sure you keep it locked and enjoy this show. It's a fantastic one. So, you, Wistervelt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of a brief 
background about your uh, just briefly go through your coaching your playing and coaching journey just like very briefly and then we'll go a little bit more in depth after yeah perfect um i wasn't really good at football at the pro level when i was younger so i was uh, i think i was 14 years old and a, a man in my local village asked me to become uh, the under nine coach of the local club and i watched much uh, was better for me than uh, than a professional football career so I was 14 years old, was really young, and I started my career at the local club. And after uh, four or five years, I went to uh, a big semi-professional club near where I live, and it's called the GVC Kuik. And um, I was 90 years old and was assistant coach with the under-13s, and we played um, second, uh, second division. It was really, really, uh, really high in, in, in Holland compared to the amateur club I was the coach in. Uh, second year, they uh, they asked me to become the the the, the head coach of the under thirteen, and then uh, I did my uh, my courses at the uh, Dutch Football Association. In my second, uh, for my third year at JFC, they asked me to become uh, the under nineteen assistant coach, and I did in in combination with my uh, UEFA B course. But after three months, and it wasn't a good relationship between me and the, and the head coach, so they promoted me to. Um, to make me coach the reserves, and we play also second division in, in Holland, which is really high, uh, high quality for me. And I was at that age, I was 21, and I had to coach uh, my players, and they were about around 28, 27, 26, so much older than I, I was at that moment. Um, so it was, was really hard for me to, um, to compete the guys and to, um, to train and to, to coach them on, on, on Sunday. But it was a good learning environment for me. And after that, they made me um, head of the youth academy. It was a little bit of a weird step, but I, I would like to be um, a developer instead of a, of a coach at senior level. So that was the reason why they promoted me to head of the youth academy. And we all played um, second, second, uh, second division, the youth teams played. So it was a really big club. And um, the budget of the first team was around uh, 400,000 uh, euro for the year. So there was also a big... Um, a big uh, amount of money for the youth academy so we would like to uh, make it more professional so i was um i was re responsible for um under 50 kids and uh, a lot of coaches when i was uh, 23 at the moment so i was really young and proven and inexperienced um at that time the, the dutch football association asked me to become uh, a football coach as well and the main job that i had was to um, the players are very good enough to play as a pro level from under 10 to under 16. There was a sort of uh, amateur, amateur just FA teams. I trained with them and we played friendly games against uh, big, big pro clubs in the, in, in the region. Uh, but also had the, the, the best players, a sort of a pre-selection from, uh, from national teams on the 14, on the 15, on the 16. So I had, uh, did it both ways, just the amateurs, but also the pros. And he asked me to become an instructor of the, uh, the, the courses UEFA C and UEFA B. Um, and I also advised the clubs, uh, pro clubs, but also amateur clubs, in terms of philosophy or in terms of youth academy or recruitment stuff. So it was a big responsibility for me. But it was, it was most of the time it was part-time, so uh, it was a combination for me. I, I worked in a bar, uh, I worked in a garden, and I worked also 20 hours on the, uh, in my contract, but it was, I think it was 60 hours in the Dutch FA, but also with my work at the JFC Cook. Um, 
So after that, I was 28 and I did my UEFA A course and I had a traineeship at, uh, at VVV Venlo. And uh, when I was 29, I, um, I graduated. So I, I, it was, was really hard for me to, to, to get on the course because in, in, Holland, in Holland, you only have 25 places on the course UEFA A every year. So it's really hard to come on a course and uh, to, to pass it. So I was 29 and had my first uh, full-time role at VVV Venlo. I've been there four or five years. And then uh, the next step for me was to work, to work uh, abroad. So um, a lot of job applications in, in England, in America. But um, I, I think I wasn't good, uh, good enough at the moment because they didn't pick me. And um, I had a traineeship three days at Bodo, Bodo Glimt, where Greg Bruton was um, uh, a head of the youth academy at that moment. And I was there for three, for three days for a um, job application to become the lead coach of the under-16. But I was second, so uh, he, uh, he didn't took me at the moment. Um, and then uh, PSV asked me to... Um, it's, it's a really weird combination because I, I was coach of under-17 at VUV. I, um, I did under-19s before. So that was the, the, the age group I was working working. in. And then PSV asked me to become the, the lead coach on a 12 and to coordinate the development phase. It was a huge uh, step for me to, uh, in terms of age, but also in, in philosophy, uh, because I was working with the players who reached the first team on the, uh, on the Premier League. And uh, two years later, I was working with kids from under nine, the best players, under nine players in Holland. So it was a, it was a really, really, really combination. And this is my third year at, uh, at PSV Eindhoven now. So this is... Uh, I think in six minutes, my uh, my career of almost uh, 20 years. And so what, what's your role now at PSV then? You're, you're head yeah, of the foundation uh, phase. Yeah, I'm head of the foundation phase, but we call it more as a, as a lead coach because I, every day I'm on the, on the pitch to work with the youngsters from under 12 to under 10. So most of the time I, uh, I'm on the pitch. Um, yeah. And when you have a head of coach or, or, or you're the head of the foundation phase, you're more in, um, in the office and you're more to... Uh, to uh, re recruit players and help the coaches to become better coaches. But I have a combination of all, uh, of all three ways. So I, I, I'm responsible for the kids, but also for the coaches, but also for the philosophy, which is, uh, which is different than other academies in Holland. Okay, so that's one, one heavy career already you've had since starting at uh, 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. You've had great experiences. Let's just wind back a bit. Talk about your role then at the Federation. I'm interested there just with the... Um, the, the youth recruitment, the talent recruitment uh, role you did there. And, and did you did you do the C license as well? Is that right? You were working on the C license? Yeah, I did the C and, and, and the B, but I was uh, an instructor. So mm. I, uh, I I worked um, at VV at the at that moment, but also at the, at when I was uh, out of the youth academy at GFC Kuik. And I had a combination between both jobs because I think I had 20 hours at the football organization when I worked at VV and 20 hours at VV. And and my my job was it was it was both ways because it was just the same recruitment region from VVV. It was also the same as um, as a Dutch football association because we 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 split Holland in six uh, areas and I was responsible of one area and uh, it, it was both ways. It was a pre-selection for national teams. <laughs> so uh, the best the, I worked with five pro clubs and the best players of each age group. Uh, they went to went to my team and we trained once and we played big games against PSV, Ajax, but also against Genk or uh, uh, Gladbach in Germany. What, what were those? Uh, what were the five clubs there that you took players from? Uh, from VVV Venlo, uh, Roda, 
Fortuna Sittard, uh, MVV, so the, 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 the pro clubs, some play uh, first division, some play in Premier League, but it's, it's a really small area. So um, because of a, a lot of pro clubs in just a small area, you split your best players in, in, in the four or five academies. So if you bring them all together, you have a good team and you can compete against the big clubs in Holland. So one of the reasons for the FA was to to uh, appoint me of, uh, in their job to to uh, develop the best players in, in that region. But it was, it was both ways, just just not only the, 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 the pro players, but also the, the, amateur, the amateur players uh, to help the clubs in, in, in recruitment and to, to bring all the best amateur players together. And uh, before they can they can make the step to the uh, the pro clubs, uh, uh, and not only the pro clubs in Limburg but also uh, PSV or uh, NEC or uh, near where they live. So it was both ways, just amateurs, but also uh, the, the, so, the um, pro players. So, so, so they started at ten. You did that from ten to sixteen years old. So you'd have the best ten year olds in from the clubs. One 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 elite group from all the clubs, and then same ten, elevens, twelves, thirteens, fourteens. Yeah. 15s, the, the elite group was on the 13, on the 40, on the 15, on the 16. Okay. Um, and we helped them in recruitment uh, from on the 10 till on the 13. But you saw a lot of players from the amateur clubs, the elite groups went went to the pro clubs because uh, the amount in the recruitment staff of that clubs is really is really really low. So they are really uh, happy with uh, the Dutch football sensation that they helped them in the recruitment staff, but also to um, develop the best players, not only from the amateur clubs, but the pro clips because if you put them all together, we, we've won from Genk and from Gladbach. Because if, if you put them together, you have a quality team. But if they are their own club and they have to de- de- develop with their own teams or play on, on a really bad level, they won't be better. So that's just the reason why they were quite happy with our, uh, with did, our did, contribution. Did, does, they, does the federation have that same agreement with big clubs like Ajax and Final? Do they share their players out for regional, the regional yeah. teams of the young East? Yeah, they do. They do it. At, uh, we, have, we have six. We have six areas, and they work with the Dutch football association with the amateur players. Uh, but because there were a lot of big clubs in in in, in the province of Limburg, they uh, they put one elite group together to help them in the sort of pre-selection for national teams, but also to develop them develop them on their own uh, on their own level. So at the amateur point point of view, yes, they do. But at the 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 the, the, the pre-national teams just just uh, at the moment. Two or three years ago, in Limburg or in Sydney, south of Holland. Okay, and so just tell us a little bit about the your your t- being a tutor on the C license. Um, how much does it cost to do a C license in Holland, for example? Do you know what it is recently? Yeah, it's around, it's around fifteen hundred euros for the course. It's just, it's, and then, uh, and how long does that take? A, a year. So it's okay. once it's once a year. You have um, twenty five sessions. And the session is uh, it's three, three hours, and you have to work like as a trainership, and and a big amateur club. So they have to be a coach, and you have to uh, have to work with a team. And once a week, you have a session. Um, in that point of view, and that, that way it was it. Uh, it was in Venlo because I worked in Venlo. So they came to the stadium, and we had a course in the stadium, and they had a practice team outside the stadium. So where they can, where they can work with, and they had uh, their trainership at their own amateur club. So that's quite a lot of hours, isn't it? You're saying they do 25 three-hour sessions in a year. Yeah. 75 and, hours. Yeah, and they have a lot of homework. And they have a lot of time they have to invest in their own development at their, at their big amateur club. So that's, that's quite big. And that's the reason why it's really hard to, to get on the course, but also to, uh, to finish the course, because a lot of people struggle with the time. 
because most of the of the of the uh, of the um, the guys who are on the calls are are, are father at, at home or they have really young 16 17 and do another uh, another study of another course uh, for the primary school so this is it's really hard a really hard combination for all the people who are on the course to uh, to finish it so give, give us an example what sort of things are you covering on the c license it's yeah the the problem holland is that's that's I always have uh, an, an argue with, with the JHFA because we we teach uh, the trainers to uh, analyze the game 11 v 11 or nine against nine against nine, and um, they want to make combination between the train, training session and the 11 v 11. But if you look to um, to youth football in Holland, I think the the really important things before you can analyze the game or before you can train six against six or nine against nine. Um, so we have a lot of coaches who are really good to analyze the game. They're really good to, to train nine v nine, but they have, for example, they have twelve players on the training sessions. Um, so we we make combination between skills and between possession games between six v six v six to eleven against eleven. But in Holland, the um, the FA wants um, they have they have a philosophy that they have to train always um, related to eleven v eleven game. So we have a lot of good coaches who can't give an, uh, a, a, a dribble exercise or they can't give a, a pass and movement game, but are really good to coach the uh, nine against nine or six against six. This is, it's a big, yeah, it's, it's a big problem at the moment now. I think, in my opinion, how much like individual technical work is involved in that C license in terms of like dribbling, turning, shooting technique, technical stuff? Yeah, not, not of... enough. Not enough. Yeah. So, in my opinion, you have to work with uh, with the skills, and, and the skills become principles, and the principles become tactics. Um, but they, they only talk about tactics, and you only talk about uh, how to build up, of how to put pressure as a team, of how to defend as a unit, of how, how to how to score goals. But so it's not the individual stuff; it's more the team stuff, or or based on a line of just the defenders of the midfielders or the attackers. So it's not based on on skills on, or principles, but it's just based on tactics. It's funny that because I had Rennie Mullenstein on the show recently and uh, I've had many other people from Holland on the show and he was talking about how that he felt maybe the, the Federation courses were too game orientated, too team orientated and not enough individual technical work. It yeah. seems strange to me because you guys have such a culture of individual skill, ball mastery, 1v1 at you know, your club, all the academies, you know, Ajax and PSV final have such a, a culture of technical training. How that's why that's not reflected in the, the, the uh, Federation courses. Yeah, it is. This this just helps coaches to think about a structure because you have a structure of football, and I think that's that's really good from a Dutch FA. But you have to the structure is um, is not everything for kids because if you if you're related to to from from skills to principle, principle tactics, it's more easier for coaches, but also for for kids to help them to 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 develop. And you see a big difference from uh, you see a big difference in philosophy between Ajax PSV and the Dutch FA. Instead of uh, how to um, how to go um, to develop the players, not only the younger players, but also the players and national teams from under 14, under 15, under 16. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so let's just move on then. Talk about then your your work at Venlo, the new the new job there. Tell us about the club and the philosophy and and you know and just and what you did there. Yeah, it was um, when I joined VUV to play first division, and uh, the first year they promoted to the to the to the, to the Premier League to the Eredivisie. It's a, it's a really small club with a really small budget. 
but it's, it's also good. It was really good for me to work there because I had uh, 20 hours at VVV my first year and 20 hours at Dutch Football Association. So I made a combination of, of the two jobs. Um, and they played, all, all the youth teams played uh, first division. Um, some teams play uh, uh, Premier League now, uh, but two years ago it wasn't. Um, so it's, it's a small club where a lot of um, a lot of people with a, um, not, not a full-time coach, but with a part-time for 20 hours and with really young coaches when I, when I joined. But it's also good because we're young coaches, you want in, uh, to invest in their own development, but also in the development of, of youth players and from the philosophy of the club. So the first year I was on a 17 coach. Uh, but it was really was really hard for me because um, uh, I, I went to West Ham, uh, sort of the training ship, because they, we, we all together, we had a sort of uh, connection between VVV and West Ham. And Terry Wesley was the head of the academy then. And he asked me after one week a question, are you a first team coach or are you a developer? And, and my point of view, I was a first team coach. So my first year was really, um, I was really, really happy when we won the game with 1-0 when we played really bad. Really bad. And I was really sad when we play a great game, but we lost 2-0. So I, I was a first-team coach at the moment. Um, but it's really good to get experience in the club because the head of the academy was uh, of still is Roger Bungartz. He worked in, in America, but he's, he's a really good head of academy because he, he, he gives you the experience. He lets you make mistakes so you can learn. Um, and that, that's really good of him, but it was also the philosophy of VUV. Uh, I have a lot of young talented coaches and let them make mistakes and he, he, he provides us from uh, from from good advices and he let us make mistakes so I, I've been there for three years I was three years on a 17 coach and last year we uh, we uh, we became champions of, uh, of of the division and it was a big change for me in my first year and my third year because I was more developer than a first team coach and it was not only in sh short term it was also long term development which was uh, which was really good and he asked me to become um, to become the head of the uh, development phase. So I was not only uh, focused and responsible for under 70 players, but also I made a plan from four under 16 to under 12 players. Not uh, not only the players, but also the coaches. This was more uh, more like an assistant head of the youth academy. And we made philosophy together. I had some stuff from West Ham, uh, which I put in, in in the philosophy of of VVV. And um, so, so, so this, was, is, this is this is this is Venlo, right? V, what, what you, this is Venlo. What, what, is, what are you calling it? VV. What's what's the abbreviation? Because it sounds like VSV. Uh, no, it's VVV Venlo. VVV. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that's what's yeah. Just to clarify <laughs> that for our listeners, because it's VVV yeah. and PSV can sound a little bit uh, similar, but it's PS. It's, it's a VVV but Venlo. Yeah, it was it was VVV, and and, and and my my second role was <laughs> I was also head of the recruitment, so just the same as the Dutch football sensation was the same region. So I combined it. So I was also the head of youth recruitment. So I was responsible for uh, for recruitment for the development phase, and I was uh, the lead coach of the under seventy. So tell us a little bit about that your recruitment role. Then, how did that work? Are you going out and watching grassroots games, or are you just managing the scouts? And what sort of players are you looking for at Benlo? Yeah, I, I manage the scouts, but I said uh, earlier it was really hard for us in the province because of the big. Uh, because of the uh, big amount of pro clubs who are in the same region, so it's really hard to to uh, to recruit the players. So we went uh, 25 kilometers to Germany um, to recruit the best players. So about around 50 kilometers around Venlo, we recruited all the, the the kids from nine till 17, 
And um, but I'll, because I was a coach on on Saturday, I wasn't able to uh, to recruit. Sometimes I recruited in the morning at championship clubs, but it was really hard for me to make a good combination. So we had uh, we had elite elite groups. So the the best under eleven amateur players went once a week to Venlo, and uh, I, I I trained the guys, I trained the players at the moment. So that's also the reason why we we uh, we had elite group once a week, so I can uh, make what, decisions. What, um... What other what other teams are in that area of Venlo? What's the other big what are the big clubs in that part of Holland? Yeah, well, yeah there's, there's, there's Roda, it's it's NEC Nijmegen, it's um, a little bit of PSV, but also uh, Gladbach and Genk are the big oh, com- wow. a big competition between between Belgium and 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 Germany and Holland. Because but but VV Venlo is not the biggest club, so if if they ever make a decision, if they want to go to VV or to Gladbach, they go to Gladbach. And at that moment, we knew that. So we, our philosophy had to be really clear. Um, so, so we could give a good advice to the players. If you come to VUV, it's not just the footballer, it's just the person we, uh, we, we, we train. We, we have a combination between both sides. And so um, we have to convince them to, to move to VUV instead of the big clubs, but also to other clubs, NEC or, uh, or Roda. So it was a big competition. So how, do you, I mean, and so players... 13, 14, 15 can leave, no problem, go to another club. There's no contractual agreements or they have to play some compensation. How does that work? Yeah, that, it, it, when you are in the pro club, pro club you have to, um, it's 25,000 euro for a year at the moment. Um, so, for example, if you want to play with three years at our academy, you have to uh, pay 75,000 euros. So, right. the, the, there wasn't a big competition uh, from players who are in the club, but there was more competition from amateur players around on a 9, on a 10, or on a 11, because there was a big competition um, for the amateur players. Okay, and tell us a bit more then how, how you, you talked about that, developing the person. Tell us a bit more about that. How do you, what was your unique selling point to players in terms of your philosophy and your, your, your holistic development? Yeah, I went to, um, I went three times to West Ham, and it's quite unique in Holland, but not in England. But what I saw in, in West Ham was the um, individual development plan. So we, we made we made a book at VUV, a development book we called it. Um, and we we gave it to the players, but it's quite unique in Holland. And um, the first part of the book was to getting to know the player, so they had a, a sort of introduction about themselves, but also at their uh, at their family and at their, their hobbies and at their at their home situation. So first of all, they had to introduce themselves, and the second part of the book was to develop develop them on their um, on their focus points or or things that they want to improve. So just we, we had a plan for each player who, who joined VVV, uh, short term in half a year, but also long term because we had a sort of a pathway for, for all the players in two or three years. So we just we, we advise them, please come to VVV because we have a we have a pathway for you, not only for a year, but also for three years. So we, we convinced them that they trust us as a club. And this is a it's a it's a uh, it's not a big club. It's, it's a f- family club where, where everybody knows each other. So it's really, the players are really, really happy because um, the atmosphere is, is, is quite good. It's quite friendly. Um, the coach are really friendly. The, the head of the academy is really friendly. You, you see all the staff every day. So it was, was really uh, a good, good point to convince the players and the parents to come to VV at the moment. And how, do you, how, do you, or how did you judge success there at Venlo? How does the academy yeah. judge success? 
he has this, this success of players who reach the first team. Um, if you look at the first team now, they have um, lost. They played a last Saturday player match, and I think they played six, six players from the youth academy. So that's the best the selling point, not only for the players, but also for recruitment for for the academy. So that's that's the main thing. And we had uh, high potentials in each year, and we we stretched the high potentials. So we uh, also for our own players, we had a sort of pathway, and they had also an, uh, a development book, and we moved them up uh, twice a week. Uh, but also we trained with our elite group from the best or the, the high potential players of VUV. So that's the, the, the was a unique selling point for, uh, for our high potentials and that they could stay at VUV because we, we are able to challenge them on their own level. So for example, we, and on the 14 player, he played at under 17 and he trained, twi- trained twice a week with the, with under 17, but also on the 15 player who trained with under 19, just one or two times in a week to, to challenge them. So that's, that was the, the big selling point at the moment. And of course, just like every academy, but for Venlo, is, is the, because it's a big competition, they don't have really good teams on top level in Holland, but they have top, they have an every age group, they have two or three or four good players that are up, up, up the top level in Holland. So if you challenge them, they can reach the first team. Interesting. Okay, then talk, let's talk about your move to PSV now. Um, what was your what was your first impressions going to that club? Massive club, obviously you look, you've got those two stars on your chest there. Great history. Uh, what what was the what were your first your first uh, you know what first instincts hit you? What happened? What were your first impressions of the of the great club there? Yeah, it's it, it's really big. You you can't compare it with VVV uh, because I think we had uh, we had eight man staff at VVV and I think there are eighty staff at PSV, so it's, it's a huge difference. And you see big stars like uh, Ruth van Nistelrooy, uh, Mark van Bommel, uh, Johan Vogel was, was there. So um, at the two times a week, I was on the pitch with Honor 17. Uh, but I was yeah, top level in Holland. So you, you can't compare it with my own Honor 17 when I was at VVV. Uh, but also, in, um, I, was, I was responsible for the foundation phase. And it's unbelievable. I saw kids and I still see kids from, from 10 years old. They are so talented players. I think they are, are, are top European level. So it was, yeah, it was. It, it was not my. Um, if you look to my own pathway, it's, it's, it's really weird to become from under seventeen coach. You become the lead for nations face of PSV. It's a huge difference in age. But I saw. I saw. The... The, the same what I did at VVV uh, and in my previous uh, uh, career as, as a coach. I was really, um, uh, I was really happy to, to to be there and to work and to uh, to develop not only the players but also myself. So let's talk about your first role then. What was your first? Remind us your first role at PSV as you went in there. Yeah, we had uh, um, when I joined the head of the foundation phase was uh, Rick Roy, and I was uh, his first year. I was his assistant and. Um, he knew at the moment he uh, he made a move to to become under sixteen coach a year later, um, so um, he, I assisted him the first year to took over the role the the second year. It's the first year I um, I looked uh, to the philosophy, I looked to the coaches, and I analyzed the the coaches and and, and the staff and, and the players. And the second year I uh, I made my own philosophy, I made my own plan to what I thought it was uh, good to improve. To make it to make it better because it's quite a unique um, 
a unique way of working what we're doing at the at the, at, at the foundation phase at PSV. So that was my and first role was uh, was assistant, and the second year I I took over the job from Victor Roy. Now I'm responsible uh, of the technical area from the foundation phase. Okay, let's t talk about that then. Your unique philosophy at PSV. Tell us a little bit. Tell us about that in depth, please. Yeah, we have. Um, um, uh, five years ago, you have uh, just one under 12 team at PSV. And all the boys from, from a start of Holland, they have to travel to Eindhoven each day, of every day. Um, and now we have development centers in, in, in Holland. So we have um, five development centers in, uh, in the middle and the south of Holland. So, for example, we have uh, one in the middle on development center. It's around uh, Utrecht and it's around... Uh, I think 40 kilometers from Amsterdam, and we have one in the east. We have one in, uh, in Limburg, the province where I worked uh, in my previous jobs. We have one in Eindhoven. We have one in the west. Uh, I think it's uh, 25 kilometers from uh, from Rotterdam. And at each uh, development center, we work with under 10, under 11, under 12 teams. And on each uh, development center is is one or two coaches for for each uh, age group. And it's around uh, eight players. So. We have in total, we have uh, five years ago, we had uh, 18 under 12 players. And at this moment, we have 42 players that play in under 12. So we have more players we, we, uh, we can develop. And uh, the biggest advantage is they don't have to travel a lot because they have to, tra they have to travel to a development center, which is near to their home. So instead of traveling three hours a day, now they have to travel a half an hour each day. So this is a great benefit for, for the kids. Um, so how does that work then in terms of you have a the, the under 12 team and then the other the other the other squads are like uh, shadow squads or are they part of that first team do they play the fixtures or how does that tie in with that yeah we don't have a, we don't have a team we have we have four we have 42 uh, players in, in each age group and we have we have two teams where we play our matches with so we have two squads that play the competition game each Saturday but it's it's not a, a regular squad because we uh, we change the squads every every week. Uh, sometimes we select on um, on performance, sometimes we select on uh, biological age, and sometimes we um, on length, sometimes um, on on the development center. So we mix the teams every Saturday. Um, so we don't have a, a regular team in the competition. We have uh, we have different teams each week. So because... basically, so let me just. So you to interrupt you. So basically, you have all those. You have a squad of forty-two, for example, in the tens. And each week, you know, if you're going to play Ajax or Feyenoord on the Saturday, you'll choose players, different players from the different regions. But then I'm interested. So then, how often, for example, do you, as the lead foundation, see those players if they're training all these different areas? How do you, as the head of them, see those players? And how do you, how do you know how who to select? How does that work? It's difficult. It's a great idea because you have a bigger base. Uh, but my, my 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 question is, how do you know who do you, how do you keep a, how do you monitor those players personally? Yeah, we have um, uh, we have we also have a, a welfare coach and, and a skills coach, and uh, we we both travel to all the development centers. So uh, um, our philosophy is to be once in three weeks on each location on each development center. So that's I think I see on Saturday I see most of the kids. Uh, and the other kids to see once in once in two and in three weeks, but we have a sort of a once once a month all the kids from each age group come to to the Hertgang, uh, so they can train together. But also we are going to measure the kids, 
So we, we measure the kids on, uh, on sprints. We measure the kids on, uh, on how they grow. Or, uh, we, have, uh, um, we test the, the, the balance and how, how far they can jump. So we have, uh, we have a pass, passing tests. We have a lot of tests, and each month we, we, we measure our players. So, so I see, I think, I think each, each player, I think I see two or three months, two, two or three uh, times a, a month. But I have a good cooperation with, uh, with all the coaches. And uh, we, we make a selection by month, and, but we mix them every Saturday because we, we believe in, uh, in adaptability. So we also switch with our coaches because, um, for example, one kid, uh, uh, one, one kid has one mentor, but his mentor train, trains him only once a week uh, because uh, we have under 10 players who train with under 12 and they play, for example, under, under 11 games on Saturday and they have three or four different coaches each each uh, each week so we think that's really good for adaptability so tell us about the mentor thing you just you mentioned that briefly each player has a mentor you said so tell us a little bit about that because i've heard this is what when i was at ajax they talked about this as well having mentors for each players yeah we have one main mentor um and and at psv we work also with uh with with, with the book with the development book with the individual development book uh, i brought it from vvv i brought it to psv but that's that's his main that's the main thing and their development, and they have one main mentor. He's working with that book and with the player, but you have you have uh, also six mentors for their uh, things they want to improve. We 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 call it outstanding abilities. Uh, some call it super strengths, but they have three or four outstanding abilities, um, and for each ability, they have a, a, a their own mentor. And the mentor can be uh, Kevin De Bruyne from uh, from City, but it can also be. Uh, a first team player from PSV, or it can also be uh, a coach, but also on a team player. So they have the most have one main mentor, who is responsible for the development, but they have also sub mentors to help them in their outstanding abilities, or also uh, to work with the focus points that are the weaknesses, what they want to improve. So, so, so that's this the, mentor, the mentor will be one of the staff, one of the head coaches, will they? One of the coaches from the academy? Yeah, yeah, because. Um, the main reason why we do this is because if you are my player and we don't have a good relationship, you can't develop really good. But if you have eight coaches um, and you like two of the eight coaches, you can work with him because he, uh, he's better for you to develop really well. But in the second year, you have another coach. Why is it not possible to work with the same coach as what you did the year before? So some kids have a mentor for, uh, for example, passing and they have three years the same mentor. So that's really good at the uh, at our uh, our philosophy. That they how, can how choose. Much, how much contact time do they cut? Sorry to interrupt you again. How much contact time do they get with the mentor? It, it depends on the player. Some some players see the mentor three times in a week, but some uh, some can see the mentor just once a week. And the, for the, the mentor is responsible to talk and to chat with other coaches. How was your development of the player when I wasn't around? So um, the mentor is not the coach on Saturday. The mentor is just just uh, just the, the coach who helps them once a week or twice a week with the book. And how was your development this this week? And what do you want to achieve for the next week? And so, for example, if I'm a coach, how many how many mentees will I have? How many players will I be mentoring at their club, for example? Yeah, it's seven, eight, or nine uh, players in each mentor. So we have um, we have sixteen coaches, sixteen part-time coaches in our whole um, in our whole uh, plan of the foundation phase. And we have three. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the head, so I'm also a mentor of some kids. Um, 
there's, so there's a big amount of staff, but also a lot of assistant coaches. So I think we have 24 coaches who can be the mentor of one player. But we have the head coach of the group is, is the mentor of the guys, but they also have a lot of sub-mentors. That's one of the 24, which I mentioned earlier. Interesting. And then you mentioned you have a skills coach. Uh, tell us a little bit about him and his role or her role and then what, what sort of stuff they do. Yeah, his, his, his name is Thomas Rusink. He worked uh, uh, a lot of abroad, so he loved a lot of um, uh, influence from, uh, for example, he went to uh, Qatar, he went to Portugal, he went to England. So you have a lot of experience. So he's a, skill, he's a skills coach. And um, so he's, he's in every day on another uh, development center. So he gives skills training. And it's, it's more about the basics in, in, in 1v1, uh, the attacking. So he um, is not, 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 not juggling, but it's, it's, he, he has a lot of exercises where, where they have to master the ball and just on the attacking part. So no defensive part, just an attacking part. So he's responsible for exercises when he's not around that the coaches do the same things. And we have a skill box and he, um, he, uh, he practices skills and he gives perfect examples by himself, but also with, uh, with, with, with big players like Ronaldo, like Messi. So we have a big skill box and we can choose the skills who uh, is important for, for the week. And he trains the skills with the guys and with the coaches and the players uh, when he's on a development center. And he's also responsible for the welfare. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird combination, but he was, uh, <laughs> he, was, he, was a, he was a teacher in school and he, he graduated uh, to become a teacher. So he's, he's, um, he's just for the skills and for the welfare of the kids. So that's the reason why he's every day on another development center. And so you mentioned 1v1 there. So obviously he does a lot of that. How important is 1v1 at the Academy of the Philosophy? Yeah, there was... Um, yeah, we we made a big change because uh, um, you have Pepin Lainos, who's now at Liverpool. He was uh, eight years ago, or maybe ten years ago, he was at PSV. And it was really the, the, the philosophy of uh, uh, one vs one. But when I came to PSV, there was just a team of dribblers. There were only dribblers when I uh, when I joined PSV. Um, so now it's, it's still important, and uh, if you look to under ten. I think 60 to 70% of the week is, uh, is to be the master of one against one, but not only the attacking part, but also the defensing part. If you look to under 11, under 12, it's more a combination of, of, of passing and, and, and dribbling. And the players have made their own decision what they think is the best in each situation. Um, so it's, it's still really important. But if you look to our teams now, there's a bigger diversity in in outstanding abilities. So you still have uh, the dribblers, but you also have the deciders who pass really well, but you also have really great defenders, but also great finishers. So if you look to the diversity of, of, of outstanding abilities, it's not only the dribbling part, but it's also uh, other outstanding abilities who, who weren't at the PCU when I joined them. So I suppose that's a, that's a conversation we have here a lot. I think in England, we went too far to the game-based approach. We never really had a 1v1 anyway. The clubs I worked with, we did a lot of 1v1, but in England, never really uh, embraced it. But we're, too, we're away from technical stuff to too far game. But now it's about how do you... The, the, the challenge of combining the quality 1v1 work with the quality game-based stuff as well and getting that balance right. So how, how, do you, how do you do that? For example, then, you know, tell us about the younger age groups. How do you get that balance in younger age groups? Yeah, we have... Um, we, we think in boxes. Um, so we have, uh, um, if you look to the pitch on Saturday, we, uh, we had uh, three boxes and we had two, um, 
we have two flanks or we have two wings in our in our strategy and every every week we have uh, for example you have uh, the three the ten and the nine three is more defensive ten is the box in the middle and nine is the the, the, the final third and, and we make combination of the boxes each week and for example the first week is box three and ten so which skills do you need to to play in three and ten so if you have a, a vertical pass from your uh, from your center back to your midfielder we uh, we train we train the pass in every session that week uh, if you want to turn in box 10 uh, which turns do you need in box 10 to get rid of the player to to outplay the opponent so we we give them a lot of different skills we fill the backpack uh, each week and on saturday and in the games we are focused on uh, the, the skills who are uh, who are main in in, the, in that training week and the next week is box 10 and in, in, in nine and the third week we um we have the, uh, the, the 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 wings we put with it so which skills do you need in the wing and the wing is more one vs one uh like uh robertson from liverpool or um in the middle is more to turn like frankie de jong or 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 to pass like henderson so a lot of that skills we we combine with boxes and we give that exercise to our players and the first hour is our skill training it's so not skill training just to dribble or one one v one but also pass and move pass and move and we play positional games a lot of neutral players that they come in, in in the situation where they are at the game in for example box three or box ten and the, the second hour we play with operational space uh, so for example if you play in box three and in box ten there's an operational space be, behind the last line in box ten um and we, 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 we don't tell players about op operational space, but we create an environment where you have defenders who have to defend with a lot of uh, space in their backs. But also we have the striker who is also in run behind the line line or the midfielder like Frankie De Jong. He comes in the ball, but they can also run behind the last line. So um, it's, it's, it's using uh, big information uh, about your question about the skills, but the skills are really important in the first hour. I mean, the second hour is more, more to create uh, your vision, and how to move and how to run, and to um, to use the skills uh, which we train in the first hour of the session. So, give us an example then, like an under nine session. What's a typical under nine session going to look like? Tell us about some of the you know the, the structure, the exercises. Yeah, the under nine is is, is just different. Under nine, under ten is just ball mastery. So we do a lot of one v one on a training session. I think it's more than an hour and we, we put the focus on the skills, but not only the dribbling, but also the passing skills. But on a nine, on a 10 is more me in the ball and you and I in the ball. So it's more dribbling and passing. Uh, but we, um, um, we, we put, uh, we, we, we change the operational spaces and we don't tell about operational spaces, but you see a, a, a different behavior. If you play in, in a box for 25 or 25, you play in a truck for 25 or 25 when a lot of space behind the line line. So you play 25 and you play the length of 50. So you see the behavior is going to change when you, when you, when you chase the size of, of the pitch. Um, so the, the first, the first hour is, is, is master, master of one against one and uh, get used of play in, in, in the box. But the second hour is playing different sizes. Uh, and we don't tell them things about under nine or under ten, but on, under eleven, under twelve, yeah, we, uh, we we tell them what to do. So just not only come into the ball, but also make a run behind the line line. 
uh, or deal with, uh, with with a lot of space in your back when you're a defender. So then, so you're saying that the 11s and 12s would be more, much, a bit more team game orientated in terms of. Yeah, it's it's more it's more decision. it's more more principles. It's the uh, um, they, they, we 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 felt the uh, the rec, the rucksack and 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 they 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 uh, put the skills out of the rucksack what they need in in the particular game. So it's not not we 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 have principles for example. So uh, um, for example, when you're on box ten, uh, when do you have to turn and when do you have to play a one two, uh, um, when you have to play a pass and when do you when do you have space on a dribble. So it's 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 just um, based on skills, but we we have them in different situations, so they have to they have to make a bigger of another solution in each different situation in 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 the practice of the game. And that this is this is the same uh, with adaptability. When we when we change um, the players in a team, it's also to 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 adapt in different situations and practices, but also in 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 the game on Saturday. So let's talk a bit about the game on Saturday. Uh, how do you approach that in terms of you know winning? How important is winning? How do you set the team up? Those sorts of things. Yeah, we we, we don't have a, um, a big competition in Holland. We have, but the only uh, competitive game is against Ajax or sometimes against Feyenoord. The other, uh, when we play on our uh, clubs in Holland, we we win. So we play. Uh, Eight aside, and we play twin games. So we have a, a squad of twenty players, and we play in two sides. From two pitches, you play uh, eight aside, and the most most of the games we win by forty against eight, or fifty against six. So we don't have a big competition on Saturday. Um, so we, uh, we we change the the teams uh, every Saturday uh, on uh, not only on performance but also on. Uh, biological age or, or length or, or things I want to improve or things I want to focus on. But when we play, for example, against Ajax or against Feyenoord, we play uh, 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 tournaments. We play sometimes with our uh, uh, most potential players. And then against Ajax, we all, also have uh, uh, a big competition. So that's that's the main game in Holland between Ajax and between PSV and the foundation phase and the other games. Yeah, we, we don't have the competition uh, what we want. So that's the reason why we play against uh, Club Bach, Bayern Munich, Genk or Anderlecht, big clubs uh, abroad. So how, so how often do you play Ajax uh, season? Yeah, each age group, I think, six times uh, a year. Oh, wow. Okay. So then, so that's the question. So, for instance, when you're playing these local teams and you're, you're winning 40 to 8, how do, you, how do you challenge the players in there? How do you get those? What, do, you get other, do you like to get other outcomes in there if the game is a little bit too easy for them? Yeah, we 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 move the players up. So um, we have um, under eleven players up that play with under twelve, and um, we also have two under thirteen teams, and they play eleven v eleven. So um, the, the 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 players um, that need more resistance, they play at under thirteen two eleven v eleven. So then then you create space at under twelve for the most potential players from under eleven. And then you make space from the best under 10 players and then we move them up to under 11. So we, we challenge the most potential players to move them up one or two years. Um, and if you are number uh, six in your own group instead of level and the, the best five move up, then you have a new role when you're at, at your own age group. So that's the reason why we move them up to, uh, to get resistance. But it's really hard for us to, uh, to have a good competition on Saturday. And then you have to you, you can make solutions about you have to play with, with, with 
with uh, um, seven players to eight players or you give them uh, rules then you have to touch the ball one or two times that you're on half but we don't like that because um, in my philosophy it's good to be one once a week the best player so if they can be the best player on Saturday let them be the best player there's no no problem and we challenge them the rest of the week with our own uh, in their own system and, and so tell us about then the Ajax game that big game obviously how do you deal with that because suddenly now you've got a really competitive game do you want to win that game is that a thing of the club wants to win the the Ajax fixture or is it you know about development yeah it's not 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 just the club or not just the coaches the players and and, and the parents they, 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 we have a, we have a winning environment so in every session and every game on Saturday they want to win so we don't have to motivate them because they're motivated by themselves and by their parents but it's, it's not not quite different than than other games but it's good for them to um, to get exciting for a game and because you you need it in your in your pro career as a footballer you need uh, you, uh, you need uh, exciting games you have to be excited to play a game against Ajax so sometimes it's uh, it's not a fight but we 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 work hard and Ajax works hard and uh, um the players are really happy that we won the last three games on 11 for us as coaches of course it's also uh, it's also good to win and in my role, it's good that we have our, we have the best players because we want to be, we want the best players in Holland from the south and from the middle and from the east and from the west. So we want our best players. It's good for me to see that that we win from from Ajax or the final, not only to win but also to see that we have to we have the the players the most outstanding abilities who win the game. So because that's what I was going to say. For me, it was always looking at the, looking at the game and say right, who has the, t- the five top players. And who wants that? And if you've got, you know, more of those five, then obviously, surely that's the the benchmark of success, and you want to win as well, though. But right. Yeah, we we have the same. And this this uh, five years ago, it was who has the best dribbler, and now uh, who has the best defender or the best midfielder or the best finisher or the best dribbling. So it's now the diversity is much bigger in the squads at PSV now, and that's the reason why we uh, why why we win a lot of tournaments, but also win a lot of games on on Saturdays, especially against Ajax. And then, so tell us a bit. What what formation do you like to play at eight v eight? Yeah, we 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 change it weekly because um, yeah, I told you we have uh, ownership is really important for us, but also uh, adaptability. So it doesn't matter which system you play, but it depends on if if we we have three we have three uh, basics and would like to play uh, through th- through the press. We would like to play uh, around the press, or we'd like to play over the press. So three principles in each week when you look to attacking. So, for example, if you play three, three in the back and you play two midfielders and two strikers, there's a lot of, lot of chance you play through or you play over it. And for example, you play three, one, three, and you have four players uh, on the wings, then, it's the, uh, then you play more around it, so, which is based on a training session. We choose our formation on Saturday. Uh, while we think uh, the, the skills and the solution, what we've trained the whole week, uh, comes out on a game on Saturday, so we we, we change a lot of systems, um, but we don't tell the, the kids we, we change systems because for them it's it's uh, because they trained the whole week the same thing is for for them is 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 normal. And tell us a little bit about uh, competition tournaments. I know it's a big part of culture in Central Europe. Something we we discussed in academy football here for many years, and now we've got a lot better. How how many tournaments do your players play a year, and how important is that for their development? Yeah, in our opinion, it's really important, and this is the biggest, uh, biggest change for me because I was 
at VVV and I went to PSV and we they cover all our costs and we, we get a lot of invitations each year for each age group to join really big tournaments in Europe. So um, so we, we have a really small budget, but we don't need a budget because they cover all our costs. So in, I think in each age group, we play 10 to 12 tournaments. But because uh, we have a big, uh, big squad, uh, I think each player plays four or five tournaments a year. Um, and three are abroad and two are in Holland. But in Holland, we also have, yeah, you know, we have a lot of big tournaments for big clubs from, from England or in Spain or in, in Italy. But we, we're, quite, we're quite glad and we're quite happy that we are um, most of the time abroad because it's good for uh, the development of kids, not just as a footballer, but also the person to, uh, to go abroad, to go on a plane, to go in a hotel, to have uh, uh, three times uh, uh, something to eat in a restaurant and have to deal with different kind of, you know, of kids of, 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 or of parents or sometimes our guest parents. For example, last year we went to Finland and uh, the Finnish parents uh, weren't able to speak really good English and our kids can speak four or five six words English. So it was really hard for them to uh, to uh, have a good conversation with the kids and, and with the parents. Uh, but it's good for them to deal with, to become uh, to become not only uh, a better player, but also a better person. So for us, it's really important. So we're really uh, sad that the last tournament's canceled during the coronavirus um, because uh, we are quite uh, quite happy to play the tournaments. And, and tell us how easy is it and how often do you play? You mentioned you go to play Genk and Munich and stuff like that. How often do you go you know, cross-border to play fixtures and friendlies? Now, because, um, um, because the lack of competition in our own country is, is really good for us, but sometimes when we have to travel three hours each Saturday with kids to play in a good, good competition game, and we don't like that. So I think we do it once a month from each age group. So I think uh, eight times, eight times a year, and four times they come to uh, to Eindhoven, and four times we go to uh, to Germany or to uh, to Genk, or to Anderlecht in, in in Belgium. So I think once a month from from each age group, and then we play. I think each player plays five to six tournaments, so they have a lot of experience with uh, with play against or uh, cooperate with uh, with with foreign with, with with players abroad. And tell us a bit about uh, position specific. Uh, stuff in the academy what what age do you start putting players in positions and what how much position stuff do they do specifically in training a week um in the foundation phase we we switch the players in each position in under 10 and in under 11 um they have two or three positions when they're playing um but it, this is a sort of combination uh so and a center back can play as, uh, as a central midfielder and a, a striker can play also as a central midfielder, but a right winger can't play left fullback. Um, so you, you make combinations of um, of positions in our foundation phase and under 12 and under 11. So you have one um, performance performance uh, position, you have one uh, develop um, uh, position, and we have a combination between both positions on a game on Saturday, and we we teach them the skills what they need on both positions. Um, in, in, in the youth academy in our foundation phase and that if they look to on the 13 on the 14 on the 15 yeah it's it's they, they play just just on their own position and sometimes they switch but in our foundation phase yeah just uh, as uh, other things you have to adapt you also have to adapt in different positions so in under 10 they play at every uh, position 
And on an 11, on the 12 was more base, like the position where they can perform really well when they join the first team. And, and, and when they move up to 13, 14, 15, do they do specific position-specific training with position coaches or anything like that? Yeah, you have specialized coaches, no, former uh, PSV players, but it's more like uh, you have an attacking uh, coach and, and coach you coach the midfielders and a coach you coach the defenders. So it's not 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 uh, based on position. It's more based on uh, your abilities, your outstanding ability, or things you want to improve. So this this is not not different than a foundation phase. But I think we switch we we switch more in positions than um, the development phase. I think that's that's the biggest difference. Um, and what about yourself? What do you do yourself to develop and keep yourself fresh and you know coming up with new ideas? Yeah, if I. I told you before, I went three times to uh, to West Ham. It was really eye-opening for me uh, because one of my uh, main goals is to work in England. So I think there's a lot of information in England. So uh, last month during the coronavirus, I had a lot of webinars. And I spoke to uh, Chelsea, spoke to Arsenal, spoke to West Ham, spoke to Nottingham. Um, so this, this for me, um, my main goal is to, to work in England. In, in maybe in three or four or five years. So I have a lot, a lot of conversations and chats with, with, with the clubs in England. Um, and also I'd be an assistant coach at PSV at under 15 and under 40 at the moment. So I, I've, I think, eight or nine sessions each week in a development center so that's, uh, of a development phase. Um, so that's, I, that's the reason why I challenge myself every day. So if I, I, think I, I think I work 60 to 70 hours each week at PSV. Uh, not only for the, for, for the foundation phase, but just to challenge myself in uh, in on the 15, on the 14. And last last year, I was on a 16 assistant coach. So that's the reason why I have a, a good combination between uh, between the both phases. And what, what's your experience this has been of English teams that have come over and played in the tournaments over there, or when you've played English teams over here? Yeah, I, I, I like I like the work rate. They always they always work hard. They always tackling hard. And uh, um, I think that's if if if, if parents or, or, or coaches or, or, or children ask me who do you think is the best player in the world, and as I, I say for five years, I say John Henderson is in my opinion the best football player in the world, and they look at me, they think I'm really crazy, uh, but that's what I like in English football because he has he has um, he, he works really hard. He's such a leader on the pitch. Um, he, he passes a lot. He, he, he runs a lot. He works very hard. But he is, in my opinion, his his biggest advantage is he has he has self knowledge. Uh, Henderson knows exactly what, what what where he's really good at, but he knows exactly what he can't. So when I look to English teams, uh, the work rate is is absolutely uh, absolutely superb, and I I, I like that. So that um, I I changed that three years ago when I worked at PSV because they trained four and a half four and a half hours. A week and now we train 10 hours a week so in my opinion you have to work harder you have to do more than your opponents to to become better each day so that's yeah that's that's the reason why i like in english football and you see that in the teams where we play against they always put high pressure they always take a heart and uh, they are sometimes cheeky uh, which we which we which we don't are at the moment now but once we improve so that's that's yeah, that's really really good for us to compete with the best uh, uh, teams in England. And um, what advice would you give to a parent who has a young, talented footballer in the family? Yeah, uh, um, have confidence in the club where you, where, 
what you choose. So if you choose PSV, you have confidence in, uh, in, in, in us as, as coaches or me as a head of the uh, foundation phase because we have a, a philosophy where we believe in. So the advice for parents is to uh, don't put enough pressure to the kid and let them, let them be the kid and let them, let them be explore uh, and to develop really well, but also give uh, advice to what you choose for a club. And I'm really glad that all the parents have a lot of confidence in how we work at PSV because we have a lot of presentations and webinars during the year to tell them exactly why we do things. But um, don't put enough pressure on your kid and let, let the kid be the kid and let them explore themselves uh, what they want to develop in not only our standing skills, but also things that want, they want to improve. And sometimes they make a mistake on Saturday, but don't, don't judge the, uh, the mistakes and let the kid explore uh, the things he wants to learn. And what about, last bit, Lee, advice for a coach, someone who wants to have a fantastic career like yourself, you've already had. What career would it be for a young coach starting on their journey? Yeah, it's just just like uh, like John Henderson. You have you have to be you have you you have to need self confidence, not self confidence, but also self knowledge. Um, you have to make mistakes, and you have to you you put yourself in in a situation where you can learn a lot and you can make mistakes. But also, you have to know what what, what you're good at, and what, what you what you're not really good at. Um, and for me, if I look to myself, I, I'm I'm not a I've, I don't have a, a great career as a as a professional footballer, I don't have any uh, education uh, uh, in uh, in football or in physicality or whatever. Um, I, I learned my lessons by doing it. So, um, and if, if and you have to set goals because I have a lot of targets I want to reach in my career, and I still have the targets, and I do everything to reach the target. I, I don't have I don't have uh, a girlfriend. I don't have kids. I live in a really small home near to uh, to Eindhoven. I live in a really small place and really small house near Venlo at VV where I worked on. So I move every time to, uh, to achieve my goals and to work near where I, uh, where I work. So um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I think that's the, the main things. If you want to improve yourself, you have to do everything. You have to work 60, 70 hours a week to, to achieve what you want to achieve and what you want to reach. So work hard, set, set targets, but know yourself is, uh, in my opinion, is the beginning of all wisdom. So um, that's, that, I think that's the best advice. Yep. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. It's been fantastic. Okay, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the MyPersonalFootballCoach.com Soccer Player Development Podcast. MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Dynamic Ball Mastery Program is the world's leading online individual technical training program, proven and developed at the highest level in the English Premier League. Sign up now to train like the pros and take your game to the next level. Master the ball, master the game.